strained relationship with the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such laws there is no law. Those are the things that desperately need in our lives and there are some things that we cannot produce but the things that only God's Holy Spirit can produce Like I said, I um, sometimes struggle with 
you could find yourself in Rome. This, this manifested itself yesterday um, when I went to Tampa for um, some eggs that we processed. And as I walked in, there before me, I saw what I've been looking for for months and months of my life. I needed 55 eggs to feed my family. And that's a $200. And so I told Emily, and I said, you know, I was not planning on buying a feeding bag. It was not, I was like, hey, we'll wait till but I saw this, and immediately I said, I, I need to feed it. I said, I, I need to feed it. And so I called Emily. I said, hey, there's a feeding here for mine. Um, and she said, well, I can come look at it. And I was like, yeah, come look at it. Um, and so she starts to, to make her way. But I get anxious because there's like three boxes left with, this, with this TV in it. I'm like, if I don't put it on the shelf, somebody else, three people are going to come in here. They're going to take what it comes with. Um, and so I get this big dollar, and I'm pushing this huge, massive TV around Tampa that is absolutely packed all, like, for, like, 45 minutes from the front door. <laughs> and I, I, like, I walked past the sample lady multiple times and turned down her sample multiple times. But there was probably a point where she was like, this is off. I don't know if security is, like, checking me. But in this moment, I realized that the, that the – temptation of buying this TV, the, the thought of losing it made the temptation to purchase it even greater, and I was like, I cannot suppress myself. I do not have the self-control, and so I just called him and I said, I'm buying this thing. I, I, <laughs> and mind you, I, I drive a Civic, and I could not get the, the, the TV home in my Civic. I could not even get it home on top of my Civic. And I said, she said, hey, you need to bring the, the van here so we can get this TV home. And so we got home. to wait until February to purchase a TV. But I found myself in this moment where I justified it, and I said, I, I couldn't have it. I couldn't get it to do it. And I think a lot of the times, this manifests itself in our lives. It's in our relationships, it's in our choices. Um, and I don't believe that I sin with the next person to the other. Um, but I think there's a lot of times where there are sinful temptations so that we can allow the Spirit to develop self-control in us so that when we find ourselves in those moments, we can respond in appropriate ways. And I think that's what Paul is doing here. He's giving us a warning. Like he's giving you students, he's giving you parents, he's giving you leaders and myself a warning of what's out there. Like the places that temptation exists where we have to understand that the Spirit needs to work in us to develop the self-control control so that we don't fall into temptation. I think that's a big part of what self-control is. It's identifying the temptations that exist in our lives and not pursue them. I think a lot of times in our lives we do that. We identify the temptations, but what we do is we identify them to the extent in which we ourselves can say, I will not fall into that temptation, but we pursue it in little ways knowing that we are going to say, I know I don't want to do that, but I, and so I'm not going to fall into that temptation. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to flirt with that, that temptation 
language to understand it, but I am not going to fall into it. And what we do is we get so comfortable with that temptation that we, in fact, fall into it. Because we have not developed it. We have not allowed the Spirit to work in us to develop the self-control that we need in our lives. So we'll jump back into the text. And so, this is Paul. He says, For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and passing through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, and they were overthrown in the wilderness. And so what Paul is talking about is the, is the Israelites, when they were in uh, the wilderness and wandering, year after year after year after year, they were brought out of slavery. And you would think that if you were in bondage and in slavery, that you, and, and you know that God brought you out of that, you would think that you would constantly say, thank you, God, for bringing me out of where I once was, that terrible place in which I once was. And you would think that that would draw us closer and closer and closer to God. Like the further we get away from the realities of our past, you would think that we would get closer and closer to God because of the reality of what he has rescued us from. But what Paul is warning us is there are times when we get away from that, that we ourselves start to drift away. And so he's warning us this morning. He's like, be like, allow this to be the example of your life. Allow this to be the warning that these kind of things actually happen. God rescues you and instead of embracing him in the rescue and beyond what we do is we say hey I am going to continue to distance myself from God even understanding what he did he says that in verse 6 he says now these things took place as examples for us that we may not desire evil as they did and as we read this like as I read this I, I think you know we see that that we may not desire evil as they did I think at the surface level, a lot of us would think, no, right, I don't desire evil. Like, I don't desire to do sinful things. And I think that would be our, our, our quick response. But I think when we really dig deep and we look into our lives and we examine our true heart, I think we realize that there's a lot of evil that we desire. Like, I think as we look at our lives, there's a lot of things that we observe from afar and we know that we're not supposed to be a part of that. We know that we're not supposed to be engaging in those behaviors. We know that we're not supposed to be interacting in those ways. But there's something about it that we go, that looks appealing. And I really think Paul is on to something. And he's giving us this. He's issuing this warning to us so that he's giving us this example of people in the past who have lived lives like us. Maybe not with phones and technology, but with a heart that is corrupt and drawn away from God based off of what this world has to offer. And he says, now these things took place as examples for us that we may not desire evil as they did. And I think the cool thing about this is Paul is writing this to a first century church. And 2,000 years later, we have even more examples of people cultures and societies who are pursuing the wrong things, and what Paul may not know as a human writer, he may not know what is yet to come that we today can collect as even greater examples. 
the temptation that exists, and the evil that we, in fact, desire. This issue must be born of And I think that's the key to self-control, is to see these temptations and be able to pray and ask God for the fruit of the Spirit to take over our lives, for the Spirit to take over our lives, so that we will be drawn away from the desires of evil. And so he gives us these warnings. Some of these desires, he points out what some of these desires look like so that we can be extra cautious of ourselves. Like for you, an extra warning I would give most of you students, like don't speed when you're driving. Like it's, 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 a, it's a temptation that a lot of students feel. I mean, let's be honest, it's a lot of temptation that adults feel. But you find yourself behind a wheel. And so this is specific to you. Paul is giving us specific things. And as he looks at the life of believers, he says, hey, here's, there's a lot of places to give warnings. But here's some specifics so that you can be extra on guard in these ways. Hey, let me give you a warning right now this morning, students. We talked about this last spring. You should not find yourself in relationships, in in lasting relationships and romantic relationships with people who do not have a relationship with Jesus. That's a warning. Don't find yourself in that position. Like, hey, hey, students, this is a warning. Find plans with friends who will build you up and point you in the direction of Jesus on Friday and Saturday nights. Because if you find yourself in the presence of other people, people who don't have the same faith system, who don't pursue Jesus, you will find yourself in trouble. Like, allow this warning to be specific to you. But allow Paul's warnings to be specific to us as well. Verse 7, he says, Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And so I think, I think that when we see this word idol, I had, I had a little bit of trouble wrapping my mind around it because as we look into the Old Testament and Idol worship was like a physical idol that people worship. And I think as we look into 2018, there are physical idols that we worship, but we do not call them idols. We don't associate them with idols, even though they are, in fact, idols. I think there's a lot of idols that we have in our lives. Essentially, what an idol is is something that you worship, that you give your time and your attention to, that pulls your heart away from God. saying, man, I, I've got 
and I've got to go meet with my trainer, and I've got to, you know, I've, I've got to travel to this game, and if it's pulling you away from this church community, if it's pulling you away from this, from this set of scriptures, if it's pulling you away from Jesus, let's be honest, it is an idol. And so I'm not saying this to make you feel bad this morning, but I hope that it checks your heart as it has done mine, so that you go, I need to readjust, I need to reevaluate, I need to establish some self-control, I need to allow the Spirit to work in me, so that these idols are diminished in my life, and the one focus that I have for Jesus is everything that flows from this. Paul's warning us, watch out for idols. And they're not just always little statues that live in a specific place. Idols may have a physical form, and they may not. So watch out for them. Verse 8, we must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of, some of them did, and 23,000 fell on a single day. We've heard this, we know it, like, you know, it's about not, it's not about, we talked about before standing restrained, it's not about, uh, it's not about protecting virginity, it's about pursuing purity, it's about saying, I am not going to cross boundaries, like, it's not just about sex, it's about everything that leads up to that, and you need to pursue purity, and he's, he's saying to do that, he says, we must not indulge in sexual immorality, as some of them did, like, allow, allow the mistakes of those in the past you make the decision to pursue truth? I mean, we're all convinced. I'm, I'm in this too. We're all convinced. I won't be that statistic. I can flirt with this temptation. I can engage in those behaviors because it won't lead to the behavior. I can engage in these things and we convince ourselves that we will be the non-example. We will be the one who is able to withstand the temptation. We do this all the time. In a lot of areas of our don't indulge, don't, don't indulge, don't, don't find yourself pursuing, pursuing these things, don't allow yourself to pursue these things, when I think of like indulgences, like I think of like rich food, like Thanksgiving, talk about a day of indulgences, it's like pie, and dessert, and gravy, and like everything, like you want to talk about an indulgence, like that's what I think of, but I, you know, here's, here's, here's the thing that's special about Thanksgiving, if you ate that way every single day, you Sometimes we make ourselves sick. We just let it all go. He's saying, don't do that. Don't do that, especially with your purity. Don't do that. Watch out. Be warned. A lot of people have walked down that road, and it led them to destruction and frustration and stress and grief. Don't allow yourself to indulge in sexual immorality. Because some of them did, and 23,000 of them fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some did, as some of them did, and be destroyed with grace. I think we do it. I, I, I think we just embrace it like a movie theater. We constantly find ourselves moving in a way that we're putting Christ to the test. Not, not necessarily in the way that we may think, but what we do is we go, hey, pursue these idols. I'm going to pursue these temptations and when we pursue them, we take baby steps. Very few of us say, hey, you know what, I'm just jumping off the deep end and I'm going right in. Like it takes small baby steps that, that separate us from Jesus. And it's not because Jesus is separating himself from us, it's because we are making the decisions to pursue temptations and putting distance between Jesus and us. And we do that and we say, 
right, I'm going to take a little bit of a step away from Jesus. I'm going to Jesus, go protect me. I'm going to take a step forward in temptation. I'm going to say, I hope Jesus still protects me. There comes a point that maybe you later on in this, says, do not be deceived. Jesus said, I talk about this all the time. Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. He will reap what you sow. So if you are taking steps towards temptation, God will always, Jesus will always welcome you back. But it does not mean that he will keep you from the consequences of those decisions. And we do this all the time. We take steps and we say, hey, God, you still got me? And he's saying, come back to me. But what we say is, I'm okay here. I can take another step forward. And we continue to pursue temptation. He says, we, not, we must not put Christ to the test. Don't test him in how far we can get from him before God settles in. Like, let's not live in a way where we go, I want to live right before the moment where disaster settles in. It's like finding out that, the, that, that, that a hurricane is coming through. And you say, hey, I'm not going to go to the town or the city or the village where the hurricane's going. Says, I'm going to go to a neighboring community. I'm just going to stand safely. What we don't understand is sometimes temptation comes at, comes after us. If we pursue it enough, it comes after us. Again, to protect themselves, we can't put Christ to the test. He is more noble and sensible human beings and will disclose us in despair. Because as our confidence in ourselves grows, our confidence in God diminishes, and when we find ourselves in a position where our confidence is not growing, it's confidence in ourselves. And that leads to pride. That leads to fear. We are not fully realized. Our confidence must be in God. Our confidence must be in Jesus, and our confidence must be in the Holy Spirit. That when we give it over to them, when we give it over to him, the fruit of the Spirit begins to work in our lives, and our confidence in God grows, and our confidence in ourselves diminishes, and what we realize is we've given it over to God, and he's doing incredible things in and through us. He says, therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. He is, a, he is 
Sam's Club, I never expected the temptation to settle in and to feel it. I was walking in there with, with two things on my, my mind, sausage and eggs. And so I am feeling good. I have no temptation other than the fact that I am so excited to get those, those the, the eggs and the sausage home so I can cook, can cook it up and eat it. Like that's the only real thing that I'm focused on. And so I'm in my lane, I'm doing my thing. And there it is, the temptation that I was not expecting. on the box and just incredible color and picture quality and high definition and 4K. And there it is, the temptation I never saw coming. To uh, maybe put the score in here. We understand the temptation. We put the score in the score. And we say, hey, let's put it in the hands of God. Let's not instead, hey,
that we did not know that we fully had. But the way that we do that is we stay surrendered. We stay convinced that we are in need of Jesus and we need to pursue him every hour. We need him every hour. We must continue to pursue him every hour. Verse 14. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Identify these things in your lives. specifically in your life. And so those are the things that we need to flee from. And when we find ourselves walking into a situation or into an interaction where temptation comes that we were not expecting, that's when we need to say, I'm developing self-control. I'm going to utilize what God has given me, and I'm going to replace that temptation. We can't walk into that place. Hey, we can't go into your house. Hey, we shouldn't be in your car right now. Hey, when we're hanging out, it's not in the basement. Hey, I'm going to choose to not interact with that group of people outside of this place. That's where we need to display self-control. God has provided a way. He has provided the escape in self-control. So when those moments come on you that you weren't expecting, that's when you stay. Those, those things, those temptations that you know are extra tempting to you, those are the things you need to flee from. Don't
for how you work in our lives. Stand and sing this last song with us. 